If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Is it Vandalay Silva, the axe murderer? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we got the ass murderer. The ass murderer. Oh, Oh, on the mic. In this corner. The ass murderer. The ass murderer. Adam of the world. world. You guys are trying to make sure I don't get any ass anymore, don't you? Pound it. I come home and my girl's just like, oh, you think, uh, we just did it you again, think huh? you're the ass murderer, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you think you're the ass murderer, huh? <laughs> no ass for you for a week. <laughs> and we just ruined that for I know. You. I'm going to start messing with you guys the same way. He murders sure. his own ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so. Do you guys I, do that? You, you guys can't. I, I have some questions for Nerdy Sal. Mm. Save us, Nerdy Sal. Yeah. You're our only hope. I do. Mm-hmm. Since uh, Justin and I are- uh, Go on. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I've been seeing- um, Continue, you will. I, I'm so confused right now with all the posts that are going on in social media. There's so many posts on how to do your abs correctly. Mm. And I'm just I'm just mm. lost on on- how to do this because you see it everywhere like do this don't do that you know and then you see uh signs signs I know signs. I was about <laughs> to see that in my head and start going it did start going to my too do this and don't do, do that can't you read that was the one win that me and Adam had to do get. you know how bad you know how Singing bad guys. your ADD is both you guys <laughs> it's fuck just, bro sounds horrible like, that's sounds why like, we're not the encyclopedia guys abs- I know we, you know what we I mean I have, I have ADD totally too, hop into yeah, that I'm, chapter I'm everywhere and nowhere. Well, let's just, I don't feel like we've really talked Speaking much. of abs, why don't you bring the donuts you said you were going to bring? Because uh, I, hey, I want to try and keep my abs. That's Liar. Why. Well, so, and I kind of, I kind of. promised me sprinkles. I kind of <laughs> live by. wasn't talking about donuts. I uh, kind of live by the philosophy. I don't want those. Did you, did you forget? No, I didn't forget. I was just wondering if you guys You wanted were, to make dead silence I did. Right I wanted to make dead silence. Awkward. I wanted to see if you, if you guys would interrupt me for the fifth time. Right? I was. <laughs> like the teacher in class. Maybe. Yeah, like, one more time. One more time. Okay, start over. Okay. 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 All right. Okay, All right okay. We'll stop talking. Yeah, yeah. No, so I kind of live by the, the motto of like abs are made in the kitchen. So I spend a majority of my time focusing on my nutrition. You do crunches myself. in the kitchen? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Uh, and I know it's cliche to say that, right? But uh, the abdominal region for myself has is uh, been one of my strengths. It's something that we've talked about this before. Even when I'm like at 13, 14% body fat, you can still see my abs. You know, my body holds a lot more fat in my legs and my back and other areas. So, you know, for me. You have fat thighs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fat thighs. <laughs> <laughs> so. For me, it's not been as much of those. Now, mind Dude, you, have I gone on my kicks where I'm doing a lot of different ad work, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. But it's, I can't say that it's ever been something I, I've actually put my focus on. Like, okay, I'm going to really try and develop my my core and abdominal area. Just because, like I said, it's been a strength. I'm always working on a lot of my weaknesses, and that's just been something that's been on the back burner. But I do feel like it's an extremely popular question, and everybody wants to know, what is the right way to do abs? What is the wrong way to do abs? What's the most effective way to do it? And um, I'm just not the guy to ask. Well, for some for for some reason, abs probably are surrounded by by more fitness bullshit than any other body part. Yeah. Like, there's not nearly as much bullshit. Well, that's the trophy. Let's be honest. Like right. at the end of the uh, the program for anybody that's getting involved, because it's so marketed. So much that that's the standard for what a, you know, a super healthy person looks like. 
and you know from a, a difference of uh, aesthetics like coming from performance like I, I'm with Adam on this one uh, like I I train my core and my core you know it supports my spine so it's like everything right you know like right. I, I don't I don't have isolating maneuvers that I'm I don't even crunch. You know, so, I mean, if I'm doing anything for the core, it's involving some kind of a planking, you know, but, I, but I'm but i still working on fluid movement and uh, 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 anything that's bracing. Well, I mean, so t- first off, we have to say this. Uh, every single person listening right now has a six pack. It's just covered in body fat if you can't see it. So get lean enough and you will have abs. Okay, so that's number one. Okay, so no matter how well developed your core is, you're not going to see it unless uh, it's, you're lean enough. Okay, so unlike Adam, I have to get under ten percent in order to see my 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 abs because I store body fat around my my midsection. That being said, the biceps, uh, excuse me, the the abdominals are surrounded by by more myth and bullshit than almost any other body part. And I was going to say, like, training your biceps isn't isn't you know there isn't a whole bunch of ignorance around that or your legs or any other body part. Like there is your core. Mm-hmm. They treat it like it's a different muscle. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, uh, you know, train your core every day, but train your biceps once or twice a week or your, your legs once or twice a week. You know, do high reps for your core, but do lower reps with heavy weight for everything else. It's all this this baloney. And then all the exercises uh, that people do to work the lower abs or the upper abs. Like you can divide those, the abdominals into upper and lower. Um, there's a lot of myth uh, surrounding the abdominals. So I would like to cover uh the truth mm-hmm. about the abdominals and about the core uh number one in order to see them you have to be lean number two they develop like any other fucking muscle in your body there's they're no different than By any, working them yeah you, <laughs> that's it and and when you work them or some of them you work all of them yes right so if you want it's to contraction if you want abs that stick out if you want like block abs that come out that are real impressive then you need to build your abs and the way you build your abs is the same way you build the rest of your body with resistance. Yeah. So I know a lot of, uh, especially physique competitors and bodybuilders will say, I don't like to, you know, do heavy ab exercises because it makes makes my waist blocky. Mm. Well, f- number one, that's bullshit. Um, maybe for them, that's true because they're looking for an extreme look. And some of them even wear squeams to atrophy the core, the muscles of the core. And they get so lean, it doesn't matter because you can see them anyway. But for the vast majority of you, building your abs will not give you a bigger waist. It'll just give you more visible abdominal muscles. Um, and, and you also want to look at the function of the muscles. So, so no, yeah, yes, you can't. We've talked about this before. You can't separate upper and lower abdominals. The abs attach at two general areas, the lower rib cage and at the pelvis. And I can't isolate between the rib cage and the middle of the abs or the middle of the abs and the pelvis. The whole thing contracts. So whether I do a leg raise or I do a sit-up, I'm not working upper and lower abs. I'm working my abs. Okay. Um, same thing with the bicep or any other muscle that has two attachments. Um, you want to look at the action of the abdominal muscles. What is the primary action of, and we're just focusing on the abs because that's the six-pack. The primary function of the abs is to flex the lumbar spine. Okay, so that means you're bringing the pelvis closer to the rib cage, or you're bringing the, clo- the rib cage closer to the pelvis. So it's it's at that lower back portion of the body that bends. It's not bending at the waist. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So let, let me give you the difference. If I were to do a, uh, uh, if I were standing and just lift one leg straight out in front of me, I'm doing kind of a half leg raise, right? Because one leg is coming out in front of me, and that's a hip flexor. Now, even if I did both legs, my abs are going to stabilize a little bit. 
But the main muscle that's lifting my legs is my hip flexors. The abs aren't doing their full range of motion until I get my pelvis to tilt and bring my pelvis closer to my to my rib cage. That lower, that kind of crunch position, that crunch movement is the abs doing their work. The reason why leg raises are such a good ab building exercise is because when I extend my legs, I lengthen the lever, which mm-hmm. increases the resistance. And now right. I'm trying to rotate my pelvis with this long lever, and it's just more resistance. Which couldn't you say uh, you get the same effect if I were to have a bent knee with a 30-pound dumbbell underneath, right. my, underneath my feet right. and I curl the pelvis all the way up? So. Right. It's just resistance. Exactly. It, and I, and I, but I gotta, you have to focus on the, that tailbone tucking. You have to fo- focus on the pelvis uh, coming up and, and coming rotating, up so yeah, it contracts fully. Right. Yeah. And the abs Otherwise, also it doesn't fully contract. I mean, you're still in a stretched state for the cor- most part. Correct. Now, this doesn't mean that you shouldn't do sit up type exercises and leg raise type leg raise type exercises because they all work the abs. You still do them because there's different recruitment patterns, and just like with any muscle group, different exercises. If you use a, a plethora of exercises, it's better than just always focusing on one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing you want to look at also is the range of motion of the abs. Um, the range of motion, you know, when I'm on the floor and I'm doing a crunch, I'm limited by the flatness of the floor. The abs actually extend beyond that. So this is where like a physio ball, this is one of the exercises that I would actually do on a physio ball. It's probably the only exercise I would do on a physio ball is a sit up or a crunch because it allows my back to, to rotate, to, excuse me, wrap around the ball in a full range of motion. So now I'm stretching the abs and then I come up and I crunch over the ball. So now I'm getting a full range of motion. Well, that's why these people the they like they call GHBs or, or those uh, uh, those machines where you you lean back all the way and you get full flexion out of that. Right. Right. And the thing to keep in mind too is when you're doing these resistance based exercise, and, and the reason why you want to use resistance before I go into that is because you want to you want to build abs that stick out. This is the that no BS six pack formula that ab program that we have on there. That's what it focuses on. It focuses on building your core so that it's visible at higher body fat percentages. Because if you have bigger abs that kind of, you know, bulge out a little bit, you don't have to get quite as lean to see them. And you'll have really strong, you know, midsection. But in in terms of that full range of motion, the other thing you want to keep in mind is you have to be relatively strong in your core to be able to do that stuff without hurting yourself. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of guys, I know a lot of guys and girls that work out and never really work their abs properly. And if I try to take them through a proper Roman chair sit-up where they're getting lumbar extension and lumbar flexion, they can't do it. It's all hip flexor, and then they say it hurts their back because one of the hip flexors, the uh, iliopsoas muscle, attaches at the lumbar spine, mm-hmm. and they're feeling a pull there, and then boom, I hurt my lower back. And that's why some people say exercises like Roman chair sit-ups or decline sit-ups are not good for the lower back. It's actually okay if your core strong enough to be able to do those exercises. Yeah. Um, but then you have other functions too, right? You have rotation, right? The core is involved in rotating the body. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of great rotation exercises. I know you do those, Justin. Oh yeah. All day. Yeah. So what do you do? Like yeah. wood chops? Wood and- chops. Yeah, exactly. And just the trunk rotations with, you know, cables or that's really all I use with the cables is, is for that wood chops and, and, and trunk rotation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I also do, I also do like carries and why I do these unilateral carries is because, you know, I'm training my core to stabilize me in movement. And uh, whether I'm getting lateral forces or, uh, you know, compressing forces down, like I'm making sure that I'm fully contracted and I'm moving. Um, and so that's one way I'll do it. Um, so unilateral carry, for those of people that are listening, they're like, what is he talking about? It would be like holding a very heavy dumbbell or kettlebell in one hand. Right. And then walking. So that the opposite side of my core has to stabilize 
so that my spine doesn't just fold in half in the direction of the heavy dumbbell. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it just, I mean, it teaches me to, um, to, to be able to account for different forces, uh, coming at me, uh, and, and I'll, and I'll be strong in that. Um, and I'll be able to stabilize myself. So, and plus it builds and obviously it, it builds the, you know, the obliques and everything else supporting that lateral, uh, movement. So, well, let's talk about the obliques. Yeah. That's like a muscle group. Oh, it's that a, oh, is so important. It's so important, but everybody demonizes. Yeah. Like, don't work your obliques. Your waist is going to grow. Makes me look all square. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. The, if, if anything, the obliques, you want to talk about having, you know, when people say you need to have a strong core to have power, like if you play sports and stuff. Oh, 100%. They're talking, they're talking yeah. a lot about the obliques. obliques. Yeah. That's what gives you that power. Matter of fact, when you look at, if you look at ancient sculptures of like Hercules and stuff like that from the ancient Greeks, by the way, they modeled these, these sculptures off of, uh, you know, um, athletes that yeah, competed like in Olympic the, yeah. athletes. And they, they, all these, all these sculptures are muscular, uh, very muscular, very detailed, but they all have these very strong obliques because they saw that athletes that could kick ass had these That's very, what they very, look like they do. Yeah. They had these strong obliques. So um, for, for those of you guys listening, uh, you know, worrying about making your waist any bigger, just get lean. I, I promise your obliques aren't going to make your, your waist an inch larger. Uh, at, at the absolute most, you might get a, a half a quarter inch on your waist, but that's at like say, 2% body fat. Saying that is reminds me of like the same people that say like they don't want their legs to get any bigger. So they like avoid working their legs out or like doing hamstrings and stuff like that because it's like that's just more leg work that's going to make their legs look bigger. It's like when you're when you're more shapely, it's it's you look leaner, you look better. Like even if like you measure and maybe your legs do go up an inch, or maybe your waist does go up one inch, but the illusion that it's created because of the the def, how defined you now are, because now you actually have muscle there. It's well, think about it this way: a lean, a really lean thirty four inch waist looks a lot smaller than a fat thirty four inch waist. Oh yeah, yeah. same size. Right, but but I mean, it's overstated though. My point is, it's overstated. You're not going to get yeah. a big waist from working your obliques. Well, I think our ideas of what you know, what's portrayed as as healthy and in uh, what what we're all trying to aspire to, you know, a lot of people have it wrong. Like they they want they want they see something genetically in somebody else that gives them that you know V looking like real uh, slim waist, whereas you know. Everybody, not everybody's bone structure supports that in, you know, musculature. And, uh, why, you know, why would you be altering your body? You might as well, it's like cosmetic surgery at that point. Yeah. You know what you're doing, you're doing your body a disservice. But I'll tell you something, right? Let me ask you guys a question. We've trained probably amongst the three of us, thousands of clients. How many clients have you ever had where you've trained for a long time, you know, who said to you, Oh, Oh, that's it. I don't want to, I don't want to get any stronger. I don't want to build any more muscle. Right. <laughs> Never. Has that ever Actually, happened? I've had. Okay. I got to admit, I've had this one lady that she came back to me and, and she, like the way that she built muscle genetically, like her, her trapezius, like it grew and she got really like, how common is that? Yeah, Super like, rare. Yeah. Rare. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, wow, yeah, it's impressive. I mean, you're getting like very strong and she got really lean and she was super happy, but guess what? Her husband didn't like it. And so, you know, she had to come like in a pussy. and play. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so you're pussy. Like, come on, dude. She looked awesome. Yeah. yeah. But that's uh, funny. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's the one time that's happened, but that was it. Yeah. I'd say in very rare cases, would I not train a body part on someone 
super rare because they're and usually these are people who already have it very very well developed like yeah some, like a pair of calves someone's got some badass i was calves. just gonna say sometimes yeah. you'll see women with really massive calves yeah. and they don't even work out yeah right that might be the one time totally right? it's totally something i completely skip on a, on a female if she's got great calves already it's like mm-hmm. that's a that's like forearms, forearms, calves. You know those 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 muscle groups. Like you, well, they're, they're always contributing exa- anyway. Exactly. Every know? time she does a squat yeah. and a lunge and things like that, her 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 calves are getting fired, and engaged. Just like her forearms are getting engaged. Every time she does a row or anything else that she's got to grab or hold on to something. So, yeah, I would. Those are things I would leave out for sure. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, my one of my favorite things is to introduce a, a lot of good hamstring work and and stuff like that to a female that never deadlifted really before doing something because let me talk talk about shaping that backside and really oh yeah bring it bring in the, yeah. the curves of, of a leg legs yeah. and ass and everything together a lot Justin. Of- <laughs> sorry i was uh, imagining it <laughs> oh so, you know so I, the abs thing um i mean going back here so one of the things i i do uh with a client when i when i teach abs too is when i'm just i i want to teach them how to engage first because you made a great good, point. You made a really good point about, uh, you know, learning that you need to be able to to contract that lumbar, which most people can't even figure that out. Yeah, you know, so no, they think it's flexing at the hips. They think they're right. just sitting up. Yes, it's core, and they feel it in the core, but that's because the core is just stabilizing. Yes, it's not working in its full range of motion, which would be lumbar flexion. So what I do is I take I take somebody and I lay them on the ground with their back flat, knees bent at forty five degrees. And when they do that, it's going to create this natural arch in their low back. So there's no, and depending on if they already have a, a slight anterior pelvic tilt or not, they, you, some people, I can, I have a really bad one, so I can actually fit my arm mm-hmm. uh, beneath that gap. Uh, most people will be able to fit at least their hand. And so what I'll tell them to do is I, I want my you. my cock. <laughs> <laughs> God. Sorry, there was a moment there I had. You to. know what? Don't ever do that if you're training a client. Yeah, you lay on your back. Yeah, I'm gonna fit my. Look, cock I could totally fit like, my dick whoa, under your lower back. Whoa, 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 wait, keep it right there. <laughs> I see an opportunity. <laughs> Jesus, dude, I got you. Yeah, that is not the time to do that. Uh, so I that gap that we're talking about. That do not put your penis in there. What you what you want to do is you want to teach the client to learn how to press the low back flat. And what you're doing is you're teaching them to engage that core, and then that, that you're already going to get that slight flexion right yeah, you're, there. You're, you're taking them from anterior to posterior pelvic tilt, which yeah. is what the core would do in yeah. that position. Exactly, and and it's just a very simple way. I've always, you know, you, you as a trainer, you always got to find these creative ways to get people to f- fire that 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 uh, fire the muscles correctly, and that's one of them in, in, for abs. And I, I'll spend some time doing that, teaching them just how to to contract and, and to fire that correctly, and then you advance them. Well, to I've it. had lots of athletes come to me who are fit as hell ripped abs and then i'll train their core and they are so hip flexor dominant they can't even activate their core yeah, they properly yeah because all they've done is they've done leg raises reverse crunches all these different things but it's all hip flexor dominant so one thing that i'll do and this is a nice little trick you could do and they run like crazy too all right well that's it yeah most Everything. athletes it's yeah they have overactive hip flexors right so here's here's a little trick you can do uh get on a physio ball like you're going to do a crunch so your lower back is on the top of the physio ball your knees bent, feet flat on the floor. And then you want to activate your glutes and hamstrings. So I want you to push your butt up into the air and keep your hips up. And so oh, what you're bridges. doing, yeah. by flex, by flexing the glutes, you are inhibiting uh, activation of the hip flexors through a process called reciprocal inhibition. Mm-hmm. So when you flex a muscle, the op- opposing muscle naturally relaxes. So if I flex my bicep, tricep relaxes and so on. So in this position, I have them push their hips up, always flexing the glutes. Now, while maintaining the hip up position, they can. They have to do a crunch. Yeah. 
And what'll happen, a lot of them, is they'll try and sit down. They'll try and drop the hips. And I tell them, nope, keep your hips up. Keep pushing up. And then all of a sudden, they feel their core working. And now these really strong athletes can barely do 10 proper crunches. Okay, we had to talk so, about this. Yeah, because now once you engage, you actually are able to recruit that when right. you're doing it properly. Yeah. Here, we have to talk about this because we we in the past have bashed functional training and a lot of fitness, physio ball stuff. No, here's where it's good. Here's a perfect example, though where you might do a chest fly and, and some exercises on the physio ball because you're trying to also address a postural deviation. Right. So think about that right now. You just brought up with someone who has an over, overactive hip flexors and you're trying to get them to learn how to in, engage that. So you'll put them on the physio ball. And since you're trying to get them to do that anyways, why not incorporate that on the same time that you're also doing like a chest exercise or something else that you're trying to do in, a, in that floor bridge position? Right. If you take it to the next level now, you're looking at, you know, okay, can we can we activate all these other muscles while maintaining this type of muscle recruitment pattern with your core? Um, now this isn't more, and, and listen, this is more advanced training. The, the people that should utilize these tools uh, should be advanced and should know how to utilize them properly. Well, we're we're not just putting people on balls and having them balance and shit because it looks cool. Because that's what it was, you know, fifteen years ago. My balls. No, yeah. I mean, if they're doing that, that should be the reason why. So that just a normal person coming in to use the ball because they see someone else doing the using the ball and they think, oh, she's fit. She used the ball. I'm gonna right. get on the ball and use the ball. No, that's not how it works. Right. It's like we're there's something specifically that we're trying to do. Why I'm creating that bridge. Right. And so and so with our pro, like that program, the No BS uh, Six Pack Formula. Uh, you know, people are like, well, how often should I work out my abs? Well, we recommend most people work out the whole body between two or three days a week. There's no different for the core. So you do your core workout, your ab workout, obliques, whatever. Two to three days a week, you do your heavy, harder workouts. Use resistance so you can see them develop. And then add trigger sessions on your off days and watch what happens. We got so much feedback when we first put that program out. I got so much feedback from people who are like, I could, I never had an impressive six-pack until I learned how to train them properly. I didn't have to get any any leaner, but now I can see my abs coming out because I've learned how to develop them. The same thing happened to me. I used to get real lean and I have real flat midsection. Then I learned how to develop them and I was able to develop this, this core. By by the way, incidentally, my other heavy lifts, like my deadlifts, overhead presses, and squats got better as well because I was able to make those yeah. muscles now stronger. Now if you could just figure out how to BFR your abs, you know what I mean? <laughs> occlude them we're gonna try yeah. that we're gonna try that it's a weight belt out. doesn't a weight belt do that a little bit mm, yeah maybe so um yeah Up i guess that's chest i guess that's it do you guys have anything to add with that no i just I, I wanted us to touch on abs i think that was a good a good little uh refresher course i think for everybody on ab abs. training myths yes right? awesome don't forget to subscribe Beautiful. to mind pump give us a great rating and give us an awesome review thank you for listening to mind pump for more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.